afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode here, the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts from the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, are Tad the Side. And Tad, we're officially here. It is week one. It is, you know, we got some NFL action, you know, like a full slate. Like, I mean, I know we had the Thursday night game. It was great to have football back, but now it's like we got to watch our respective teams on Sunday. Um, Anthony Richardson looked pretty good for your Colts. Fortunately, they couldn't come away with the victory. I was about to say, you know, you know how I know the NFL season is back is I was miserable today with no good explanation. Like the kids were like, (laughs) are you okay? I literally had a girl ask me, she's like, are you okay? And I was like, and I, I'm not even joking. My response was, I don't know. Yeah, I don't because God damn it. This team's going to make me miserable for 17 games again. It's going to be very up and down. I think there's a lot to like with what you saw with Anthony Richardson, but I think there's a lot that, you know, he needs to clearly improve on. So I mean, including his knee. Yes, we'll we'll touch on that as we sort of get to the rest of the episode. My Niners had a very convincing oh, win in Pittsburgh. Like, I mean, that I was... hate you. Did you see that's been going viral all day today? By the way, we're recording on a Monday night. Um, Hintent of what we're going to talk about next. Oh, yeah, but there's a big topic we're going to get to. Did you see like that's becoming like the next NFL meme of San Francisco 49ers 199 total yards, Steelers one? I didn't realize that that was becoming a meme. I know the big very quickly. I saw five people tweet that out today. Wow. I know the big one was that Patrick Peterson, I guess he kept saying pre the game itself. Obviously he kept saying that with this offense and with the way Brock Purdy plays, you could sort of telegraph some of the things that they're going to do. So I'm bound to get an interception thing like that. And they smoked him all game. So <laughs> like badly. Brandon Ayuk so was one of his main covers that he got the best of him. He had a career game. I know you have him rostered in a couple leagues. I have him rostered in a couple leagues. I was like, this guy is going to have a fantastic season. Started off with a really great game. Brock Purdy looked great. But yeah, we're not here to talk about my team. We're not here to talk about the Colts team. We're here to talk about fantasy football because we've talked about this in previous episodes. Now that we're in the season, we're going to fall into a little bit of a routine here. So, you know, every, you know, as we're recording, like Tad said, we're recording here on Monday night, but these will drop on Tuesday morning. So you're good to go with your waiver wire episodes here. So that's what today is about. Later in the week, we'll be covering our start and sit picks as well as some good betting action to get you covered for the main slate of action on Sunday and then the Monday night games as well. So, yeah, Tad, I mean, just like we started talking about, we're going to be in a routine. So today's episode is going to be about the waiver wire, but we're also going to be talking about the injury report because we do have some big things to discuss when it comes to NFL injuries. I think there was there was big news over Sunday, but I think that sort of got trumped by the big news during today's game here on Monday night. We talked about it. We're recording here on a Monday night during the game, actually. And so, yeah, there's the biggest news sort of breaking from today's game is that he played four snaps and he was Something out like for the rest of the game. And that is, of course, the New York Jets' newly acquired quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. He was like, I think he was like questionable for like the early part after they took him out of the game. Um, but yeah, very quickly after that, they decided that, you know what? Nope, he's out for the rest of the game. Um, the Twitterverse was, you know, brushing off their medical degrees and they were saying like odds oh, are ruptured to kill so like- so many twitter doctors are out there i love the my friend jimmy shout out to jimmy share one because he's a jets fan and of course oh, he, he went right. to yeah. yeah i'm so sorry jimmy i really mean that um he shared this doctor's tweet which was hilarious it was okay it could be a sprained ankle it could be an achilles 
or it could be an ACL. And I was like, well, which the fuck one? It like way to cover your bets, covering dude. all his bases. Exactly. Like my god, being so diplomatic about it, just like it could be this, could be this, could be this. Who knows? But I think that's the biggest thing. We don't know. And yeah, as much as people want to analyze it, I've seen so many Twitter pop posts about like, you know, people slowing down the video and they're like highlighting that's like, oh, there's a little bit of a tremor in his calf. That means it is it's an Achilles. And other people are like, I don't see it. So that means it's probably just an ankle. So just like we don't know. As of right now, he is out for the game. He's going to have an MRI tomorrow. Obviously, as a Jets fan, people are trying to stay optimistic that it's nothing no, serious. Not. No, that it's not season ending. I have him rostered in two of my fantasy Ooh, leagues. So, yeah, I'm hoping bummer. that it's nothing season ending either. We'll see exactly how it all plays out. But just, yeah, that is the big breaking news when it comes to the injuries uh, factor when it comes to today's episode. So, I mean, Tad, we kind of got to stick on this topic a little bit here. So, I was watching the game, and I'm pretty sure you have the game turned on right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yep, well, come back from commercial. Zach Wilson. I mean, I think it's just that's sort of been the talk of the broadcast too when I was watching the game. That's just like all the first team reps have been going to Aaron Rodgers pretty much the entire offseason and leading up to this game. And so, Zach Wilson looks very unprepared. But honestly, Ted, that based on what we saw last season, just based on what we saw from Zach Wilson in this offense. He's he's not a pickup for me, even if Aaron Rodgers does unfortunately have to miss the entire season with his injury. It's just I'm seeing excuse me, I'm seeing a lot of dump offs as far as like screen passes. I'm seeing him hand the ball off a lot. He's not attempting to throw more than 10 yards. I, I didn't see one the entire broadcast I was watching. Um, but yeah, I just I don't feel very good about Zach Wilson, honestly. And I'll get your take after this, but just like the rest of the Jets players as well, like. I feel very negative about Garrett Wilson now. I very, I also, I also feel very negative about the running backs too. Like if they sort of key in on the fact that, well, Zach Wilson can't throw, so let's key on on the running backs and Dalvin Cook and um, Brees Hall. Like I mean, Brees Hall was able to break up, uh, break off a few runs in the game today, but that's also with unpreparedness for the Buffalo Bills. That's like, oh, we're prepared for Aaron Rodgers, not for the running game. Now going forward, if Aaron Rodgers were to miss the season, teams will notice that's like, okay, if we can stop the running game, we pretty much got this in the bag. So that sort of let leads me to sort of be a little bit pessimistic about the performance for the rest of the skilled players on the New York Jets. Jets defense has still been looking pretty good, but the problem is, is just the oh. offense can't keep up with the defense. It's hard to trust this defense uh, as well. So honestly, Tad, this Aaron Rodgers injury for me is a very big domino effect for the rest of the Jets players and the Jets defense now for fantasy purposes going forward. Like, I don't like it. It's funny you should say the Jets defense can't keep up because Jordan Whitehead just got his third interception of the night. I will also chalk that up to Josh <laughs> Allen being I don't know, for some reason, being too aggressive that he needs to be. Like, yeah, and that's exactly what happened. All over the he place. threw it in double coverage again. And exactly. For some reason, so it's he like, keeps I don't think it's so head, much but... like, you know, kudos to Jordan Whitehead for getting the interceptions. But yeah, I think that's more of just Josh Allen. Like, I don't know why he's playing the way he is playing right now in today's game. It's weird. Game, so. No, it's weird. But uh, yeah, so what's your take on the Jets offense going forward? You know, how do you feel about Zach Wilson? How do you feel the rest of the skill position players? I mean, just like, like I said, just how do you feel about the Jets team now for fantasy? purposes going forward so i think like you said is i fantasy wise i don't trust uh zach wilson all that i almost said zach allen um different position different team different everything uh well except for one thing but um i will say conference too same conference though at least you got that yeah that's not the thing i was thinking of um (laughs) 
<laughs> but Zach Wilson, uh, in my opinion, has looked better on the field. But okay. exactly like what you said is, does he look better as a fantasy option? I'm right there with him now. I think he looks a little bit more put together than last year, but you know, the the short screens, the short passes are just not going to produce the numbers to be fancy relevant. I don't even see him as a low end QB two. You should only yeah. pick him up if you're absolutely desperate for a quarterback. And considering this is really the only big quarterback injury of the week so far, um, there's so many other better players to pick up there. As for the rest of the offense, I agree with you. I think Tyler Conklin, uh, his stock just dropped a ton. Not that it was that high to begin with. Yeah. Alan Lazard, McCall, uh, McCall Hardman. All those guys, I think their stock took a massive tumble today. But I'm actually against you when you said, I think the word you used was hugely negative against Garrett Wilson. I'm actually still a believer in Garrett Wilson. Now, okay, I think his stock has definitely moved down, and I'm going to say the same thing about Brees Hall. Because you look at what Garrett Wilson did with the carousel of quarterbacks they had last year, 150 targets, 83 catches. Uh, 1,100 yards, now only four touchdowns, so that's a concern, but he still produced a fairly sizable fantasy season with Zach Wilson as his quarterback, with Mike White as his quarterback, so I think that Garrett Wilson is good enough to overcome this difficulty now. He, in my you know rankings, he has dropped from wide receiver one to wide receiver two, but in my opinion, he is absolutely still a starting worthy wide receiver just because he is that good. And I know I can already tell you I, I'm calling this right now. This is what ESPN is going to start doing because uh, as a recording, again, he could blow up in the last five minutes. But they're going to look at him and be like, look, he only had three or four catches for however many yards. Like he, you know, with Aaron Rodgers out, he's ineffective. You got to remember, he is going against arguably the best cornerback in the NFL right now, Intradavious White. He is not always going to have that matchup. So I think that there's still a very solid chance that he remains fancy relevant along with Brees Hall. And maybe I'm just way buying in this hype, but Brees Hall looks damn good. Garrett Wilson just got touchdown, by the way. I think that was Garrett Wilson. Hold on. Yep. Garrett Wilson just got touchdown. How about that? So my point being exactly that is like, even with Zach Wilson in there, I think that he can still produce to a level where he is a uh, consistent starter. Brees Hall I'm with you. That's where I start getting a little worried because then I think a lot of teams now are going to start sacking the box against New York. I'm a little concerned about Brees Hall, but I still think it's worth playing him as a running back. And this is exactly what I meant before. Is like he went from running back two to like a flex option now. But like uh, the difference doesn't really make – I mean the, the difference is non-existent, meaning like you're starting him no matter what. It doesn't really matter where you where you do it. Um so I, I think those two guys are the only fantasy people that I still trust within this offense without Aaron Rodgers. An interesting conversation, though, Amir, depending on what the injury is, and it's not a very fair question, but I, I'm still going to pose it anyway because I'm an asshole. When or if Aaron Rodgers comes back this season, do you trust him now? That's an interesting question because, yeah, depending on how severe the injury is, obviously we're going to find out about it tomorrow when he has the MRI. The season ending, obviously nothing you can do about right, it. Yeah, He's yeah, not yeah, for the season, nah, right? Nah, but, nah. yes, like you said, if it's not serious and he has potential to come back in the season, I still like him to sort of be a trustworthy option. Now, I am going to be a little bit more hesitant with him. Like, I'm not going to be as confident I mean, yeah. as I was obviously drafting him to the two rosters that I have him on, but – 
I'm still going to be confident. I like his aspects more for that Jets offense a lot better compared to what they have with Zach Wilson. Um, and just, yeah, overall, just I like that offense to be a lot better with Aaron Rodgers under it. Maybe he's not going to be the same guy that we're sort of expecting in preseason, but I still, I, I, I'll i be more dependent on him if you're to, so I, I keep him on my IR spot. I'll trust him in a few spots. I'll keep him on my roster, obviously. But yeah, I think it's just going to be maybe not as optimistic as I once was. I got to be like, I need to wait and see before I'm putting this guy in my roster every single week. Whereas like going into today, I was like, I trust this guy every single week. I was now trying, like, I was I trying to trade for him so hard. Yeah. In one of my other leagues, like I was going after him hard because I, I have Deshaun Watson and luckily that rushing touchdown saved me a lot of fantasy value. Mm-hmm. But leading up to that, I was like, oh, I need a backup plan. And right now, my backup plan is Kirk Cousins. And dear God, we want to talk fantasy losers. Woo! Kirk Cousins looked rough. But point being is I completely agree with you. It's like the confidence level was was a nine, and now I'm at like a six. Now, the, the reason I'm a six and not below a five is because he's used to playing hurt. He played hurt a lot in the play. So I think as long as it's not, uh, you know, uh, uh like you said, like a severe injury where he misses nine weeks. If he comes back in two or three weeks, okay, I'm I'm there, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I think that's why they coined that term. Exactly, exactly. So, Tad, I think both of us are not exactly high on Zach Wilson. So yeah, why don't you yeah. give me a waiver option that you like a little bit more, regardless of whether Aaron Rodgers is out for the season or whether he's out for just a couple of weeks. You will need to have a backup option in case you don't already have one drafted on your roster. So who's a waiver wire target that you're going to be, well, targeting here in week two? Yeah, I hate you. Because I'm sitting here watching Anthony Richardson like, do I have a quarterback? Like one drive, I'm like, we got a quarterback. Then the next, I'm like, ah, we don't have a quarterback. And I'm doing that the entire game. Like, we got a quarterback. Oh, no, we don't. Like that that roller coaster of emotions. I'm going yeah. through that all season. What's the line? My, Amur, my friend, my good buddy. Did I do that right? Yep, I think so. There we go. Also done. <laughs> I, I usually zone out during that part of the podcast. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got yourself a quarterback, my friend. We do. Brock Purdy looked damn good. That first strike to Brandon Ayuk, I was like, okay, he's legit. I was like, all right. I'm And I was in on Brock Purdy before, but now I'm like really in on Brock Purdy. So then doing research for this episode, I went to go look how many people are also in on Brock Purdy. Turns out not that many. He's owned in just under 25% of leagues in uh, ESPN. Yahoo surprisingly higher, but I feel like Yahoo probably has more leagues. 56% he is managed in Yahoo. So I think that Brock Purdy is a perfect quarterback target, especially if you were the unfortunate soul that went all in on Aaron Rodgers as your starter. And here's why. At least in ESPN standard leagues, Brock Purdy only scored 16 points. So I don't think a lot of people are going to be looking at him. I think a lot of people are going to go for Jordan Love, for um, uh, Mac Jones, a lot of you know top-end scorers. While Brock Purdy is kind of there in the middle tier, and they're like, eh, let's wait and see. I'm telling you, do not wait and see. Go for Brock Purdy right now. Because here's why he only scored 16 points. First off, he had a couple fumbles because TJ Watt is a monster of a human being. Um, that dude is so going to be defensive player of the year again. Would that be three years in a row? Well, last year it was Nick Bosa. He's the mm, reigning champion. Okay. okay. So or TJ Watt, if I remember correctly. So. What are the, what are the Watts and Bosas putting in their baby food? 
I don't know. Well, I'd, Joey I'd, Bosa, let's wait and see exactly what's happening with him because he's sort of started to peter off a little bit, but we'll see exactly bit. if he can sort of reclaim it. But yeah, the Watts for sure, just I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, TJ Watt is a freak of nature. So I don't blame Brock Purdy at all because especially, I mean, maybe you can attest to this. I don't think any of the sacks that Brock Purdy took where he fumbled it were really all that bad. No, it's more of the line play. I'm really worried about our right tackle position, I, so I think I that's more too. of it too. I would be too. I was like, so Ooh. I think that's more of my concern yeah. as far as like Brock, Brock Purdy taking some severe hits. So I think that's more of my concern. But yeah, I think just overall he was very comfortable in that pocket. He had a lot of time. Right. So he so he had a couple of fumbles, which obviously is going to lower his you know point total. And then on top of this, you guys were up so big at half, he didn't have to pass it in the second half. He only had oh, let's play our favorite game. <clears throat> Over under seven pass attempts for Brock Purdy in the second half. In the second half? In the second half. I'd probably say under. Ooh. Over. Oh, wow. I was okay. mean. I was mean. He had eight. Hit eight. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so if you only pass it eight, so he passed it eight times for 66 yards in yeah. the second half. So like, that's another thing too, is you got to factor in the game situation because again, his point total was low, but they were low because they didn't really need him to pass it. And when they do clearly can make it work. So I am a big believer in Brock Purdy going forward. I think he is the real deal. And look at your schedule ahead. You have the Rams next weekend. Good God, did that secondary get burned by Seattle a lot. Did you see the sluggo by uh, DK Metcalf? That was too easy for him. Yeah. <laughs> I that I don't know who that corner was. Maybe one of our LAFE uh, people can fill me in on that. But that corner got killed there. All right. So you got that next week. In Didn't, all fairness, the Rams have a very inexperienced defense besides Aaron Donald. So I that's think that's point. part of it, too. But that that's also benefits your that sort of uh, emphasizes your point that Brock Purdy should have a good game next week. Right. And then after that, you guys play the Giants. For some reason, I watched the entirety of the game last night. I can't believe you watched the entirety. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I was doing work, and I was just – I kind of looked up. Okay, yeah. If you had it on the background, like, I'll give you that. That's just like – No, right, I wasn't – no, God, no. When you come back, I'll possibly see it happen. But just like even our good friend on the Slack channel, Kerry Crawger, he is a Giants fan. He was even like, you know, F this. I'm not going to finish watching this game. No. no, are you kidding me? I had a friend who was like, Kevontae Turpin scored, and he texted us that at like 11 a.m. because – because it was just like the next day he texted yeah. us is because he was just like, oh, yeah, I stopped watching that game. I'm like, yeah, hey, you're a sane person. I'm like me. Um, so, yeah, you're going to you guys are probably going to own the Giants. And after that, yeah, the Cardinals. Enough said. Yeah. So if you take Brock Purdy, even if you don't have Aaron Rodgers on your roster, he's still like a borderline startable quarterback for the next three weeks there. Um, and if he keeps moving forward like that, momentum is one of my favorite weapons in sports. So if he builds up a hot streak, really look out for Brock Purdy. I'm telling you now, if you need a quarterback, because it's time to jump on him. Uh, everyone in my league, turn off your you know, phones, iPhones, wherever you listen to us on. There's a good chance I try to drop Kirk Cousins for Brock Purdy. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you. But I will also say, as we're sort of giving our picks here, talking about analysis for some of these guys, it's only one week. So, I mean, it's not, you know, you Ooh. shouldn't overreact. Ooh. You shouldn't underreact. Overreaction. Overreaction. <laughs> uh, Brock Purdy's so, yeah. better than Joe Montana. How about that? Okay, wow, that's a little extreme. Let's sort of take a little bit of a chill pill on that one there. Um, 
But yeah, I did very much like him. He just looks so much uh, more comfortable in the pocket, yeah, very much to what we saw word. last season. It just continuing continuing over into this season. So, and then yeah, like you said, he's got a favorable matchup the next three weeks, especially. So yeah, if Aaron Rodgers' injury is not significant and he's only going to be out for a couple weeks, perfect. Brock like the perfect, perfect guy to band-aid. pick up. He is the perfect guy to pick up for that little bit of a spurt there until Aaron Rodgers is healthy and ready to go. So yeah, great addition there. I can go for a bottle um, of squirt. <laughs> um so now i'm gonna bring up the other injury that unfortunately got trumped because of the aaron Rodgers news here is that this is the reason i was a little bit negative on this guy because i wasn't sure whether he was gonna last the entire season now i didn't think he'd be gone the first game of the season and he'd be out for the rest of the season but i was a little bit just like i'd, I'd rather have somebody else deal with him and so yeah unfortunately of the Baltimore Ravens, running back J.K. Dobbins has suffered the <laughs> torn Achilles. He has suffered the torn Achilles. And it was, it was unfortunate because he scored a touchdown the first he half. Was he, this, so he, he was doing so good. He was doing so good. He had a leaping touchdown into the end zone. You're like, all right, this is the guy that we saw in his rookie year, the guy out of Ohio State. We're like, this is the guy. He's finally going to stay healthy. And then, unfortunately, in the second half, he just had a bad twist of the ankle he got tackled unfortunately the wrong way and he ruptured his achilles it was confirmed literally i think within the next 15 minutes or whatever that yeah pretty much a ruptured achilles he's done for the entire season um yeah gus edwards and justice hill stepped up in his place um justice hill scored twice for the ravens on offense he both times in their end zone but on the flip side gus edwards was piling up the yardage before that um Melvin Gordon was just recently elevated for the practice squad. So he is now a member of the active roster. So they got that three-man backfield there. Um, but honestly, it's going to be a little bit hard to see who's going to lead the backfield in touches. Um, I'm leaning more towards Gus Edwards because he was getting more of the yards off of the carries. Because the carries are split right down the middle. They both had eight over the course of the entire game between himself and Justice Hill. Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Um, Hill was able to get more of the goal line touches. So that's where it's like, Okay, he can sort of vulture some touchdowns for you, but if Edwards is getting more of the yardage, there's still more potential for him to get higher fantasy points in my eyes. And then, yeah, Melvin Gordon, I really have no idea what sort of shape he's in right now, whether we're going to see like some sort of classic vintage Melvin Gordon or like just, you know, an aging just running back that's just not going to look as good. Maybe sprinkle him in, just give a breather to the other two running backs. Maybe that's his purpose. I really have no idea. So I'm leaning more towards Justice Hill and, um, and Gus Edwards as far as your main options. Well, Oh, to wait, pick sorry, up, if sorry. I think I think you miss misspoke. You're leaning more towards Gus Edwards than Justice Hill. Well, I'm leaning more towards Justice Hill and Gus Edwards over Melvin Gordon. <sighs> oh, but okay, of the it, two, yes, you're right. Of the two, I prefer Gus Edwards compared to Justice Hill. I think Justice Hill is going to be that touchdown vulture, very similar to what we could see in New England with Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott sort of vulturing those touchdowns. Um, but yeah, here I think I could see Hill sort of filling that same role, whereas Gus Edwards will get a lot more of the carries and the yards or an early down work, which is exactly how it played out in the game too. So I think that's going to follow through the rest of the season as well um tad before i pass it to you here one other thing i do want to note two of their starting offensive linemen also left that game with injuries left tackle roddy stanley left with an injury and it's un- not sure whether he's going to be healthy we're still waiting to see results for that injury um he's also been injured a lot during his career in baltimore so that's sort of something they've sort of come to expect so we'll see exactly how much time he's going to miss if any 
and their starting center, Tad. We both love the fact that he got drafted to Baltimore. Well, we this were both upset that this Baltimore gets away with this one. But the fact that he landed there, just a great offensive lineman for them. Their center, Tyler Linderbaum, also left the game with an injury. So, yeah, still waiting for results as far as both of those, how severe those injuries are. Because, yeah, one of them or both of them are gone. That's going to affect the running game as well, Tad. So that sort of worries me a little bit, depending on how things will shake up for regardless of whether Dobbins was healthy or not. Missing two of your starting offensive linemen, that's just a recipe for just a bad running game. So just, Tad, how do you feel about the Baltimore running situation now that Dobbins is out for the entire season? Clearly, you must have rostered him in a couple of leagues because you are no, shaking I did. your head I, I did. quite vigorously for no. all of our podcast uh, listeners out there. Tad is not a happy camper right now. <laughs> no, and here's the worst part. So I I, I had Brandon Ayuk on my bench. By the way, thank you, buddy. Good call by you because I was like – I had I, I have I a, literally, I have a bunch of leagues that he was on my bench too because I was like, I'm not going to start him over Jalen Waddle. I was like, he's going to go off. I think the then, benching yeah. week one was a good call – and then, of course, yeah. I was like, damn it. But then, I mean, but that'll happen, you know, every week. But it's 2020 with fantasy football. And so, this is yeah. a great running joke, but I texted you what, after his first touchdown. I was, Brandon Ayuk is good, you dick. Exactly. And so <laughs> I was happy with that. I was like, I got myself a sleeper. And then J.K. Dobbins, like you said, was going off. I'm like, I got myself two sleepers. And then J.K. Dobbins went down. And I was like, oh, I just lost myself a sleeper. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with all your analysis in terms of the Ravens running back situation. I don't really trust Justice Hill because I mean, fact check me on this, but I think he only had eight yards on the day. Close. He had nine yards. So nine yards. Eight okay, for sorry. Nine yards. I, I'm well, like so I said, sorry, I think Justice the key thing, I think the key thing is just he got the carries in the red zone when they right. were obviously ready to score. So but that's how he got his two you, touchdowns. You need to ask yourself, was that an emergency plan or is that their plan moving forward? And I, yeah. I always go exactly like what you say. I always go with a running back who gets more volume. And I they, sure in terms of volume of splitting the carries, you're right. It's fairly equal. But in terms of who is more productive, that's usually the guy who wins down the long term. Um, as for Melvin Gordon, I feel like that's an experiment they're going to try for like a week or two. It's not going to go that well. And they're just like, he's going to be an afterthought. I could be totally wrong there. I said the exact sure. same thing about that's him in idea. Denver. But uh, Denver was what, three three years ago, two years ago? Uh, I think it was, uh, two years ago. Yeah. Years so, ago. and Denver let him walk for a reason. So I'm not that worried about Melvin Gordon, but like you said, with all their offensive linemen going down with this whole running back by committee approach, I don't like any of them to be totally honest. I think if you need a replacement, this is a guy. And I swear to God, if this screws me in my main league, I'm going to kill someone. Hopefully my friends do not listen to this until Thursday. I am going hard after Joshua Kelly. And I'll tell you why okay. is I was shocked because I kept seeing this guy get the uh, get the ball on NFL red zone. And I was like, God, Austin Eckler put on a lot of weight. And then I was like, oh, that's not Austin Eckler. I'm like, is Eckler hurt? Is he bench? Is he holding out again? I was like, what's going on here? So Eckler had six. So, Tad, really quick, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in no, here, you're... but just you're asking questions like, you know, sort of hypothetically to yourself. You're just like, you know, is Eckler hurt? So they actually, there's a. Da, 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 da. You're gonna have me. You're gonna have me. Okay, <laughs> sorry, sorry. All right. That was my I'll last note. That was my last note. All right. So anyway, so Joshua Kelly ended the game with 16 carries, and at first, I'm not gonna lie, I was shocked by that. I was like, 16 carries for Joshua Kelly. I'm like, man, are the Chargers like kind of bitter. 
towards Eckler. They just like, fine, you want to get paid? You don't get the ball. And I was like, wow, that's very petty for a franchise. But then I remembered who their new offensive coordinator is. It's Kellen Moore. And this is exactly what Kellen Moore did. Because it's not like Eckler had a bad day either. He had no. pretty productive. Had a lot day. of great runs. Yeah. And, lots of, yeah, and so I was well. just like, oh, why didn't I see this coming? Because this is exactly what he did in Dallas. He made Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. I am so happy I'm finally over that hump. Uh, into both fantasy viable running back situ- uh, you know, options. I think that's exactly what he's doing in Los Angeles now, where Joshua Kelly is now going to be basically Tony Pollard, where you know, as long as Austin Eckler is healthy, he will always be the better option. But Kelly's not going to be a bad option either. And so I really do believe that you know his floor from now on is a you know flex option going forward. So like I'm telling you, this could end. I am a big believer in Kelly being the fancy pickup uh, of the year. And on top of all this, just as I was forming these thoughts on my drive home from work, I get home, I sit down, I get an alert because I was not watching the Chargers at all. That apparently Austin Eckler, see, this is why I told you, sheesh. Austin Eckler has an ankle injury and we're not even sure if he's going to be able to practice this yeah. week. So I could see Kelly, especially for next week, blowing up. So you get a week two superstar right there. And I do mean that superstar right there. And on top of that, then for the rest of the season, he still pays off. Unlike what we were kind of talking about with some other players. So I, I love Joshua Kelly. He's absolutely my top target going into Wednesday. Yeah, it's crazy, Dad, because we were talking all offseason long about how Kellen Moore is just going to get the most out of Justin Herbert. He's going to do wonders for his passing offense. They had more rushing yards than passing yards against I Miami. They had 234 rushing yards. Currently, I know it's only one week, but they are leading the league in rushing yards as well. They had three rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, exactly like you said, like Kellen Moore just did great wonders for the entire offense in Dallas. So it was like it was not just Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. It was also the running game with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott as well. So now with a combination of Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly, yeah, I think it's very viable that you could trust both running backs in your fantasy roster now. Like, Austin Eckler is definitely your RB1, but like you said, Joshua Kelly and your flex option is not too ridiculous to think about now, especially after what we saw in week one. We'll hope this trend continues because, once again, just like I said earlier, it is one week. We'll see how this all plays out going out the rest of the season as well. But, yeah, if it's very much the same as week one and that continues the trend all season long, yeah, Joshua Kelly, a fantastic find for sure on your waiver wire for sure there. So um, Tad, really quick, uh, we're not going to get to all of our waiver wire picks. We'll sort of get to that a little bit later. Obviously, we're going to plug that a little bit later. Make sure you check out our article. Uh, But just who is one more guy that you want to talk about on the waiver wire as far as like pick this guy up because he is going to be a great addition for your roster. This is interesting because I never heard of this man. Well, I shouldn't say never. I barely heard of this man because I remember this was one of the moments where I was like, thank God we didn't do day three of the NFL draft. Because, like, when the Rams took this guy, I was like, oh. That was one of the ones where if we're live on YouTube, I'm like, all right, bullshit your way through it. Let's do it. It's, oh, man, I'm going to try this. Why do I do this myself? Puka Nakua? You got it right. Oh, that is remember, right You remembered there. what I told you pre-recording. So there you go. <laughs> no, I knew that from the get-go. No, you didn't. No, he didn't. 
what did I say before the episode? Nishua? He said Nishua. Nishua. Like, I didn't say Nishua. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did say like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. No. All right. So oh, Nakua. But yeah. I mean, my God, this guy is, and you can tell it's actually funny. So let me read you these, the difference in these percentages. 2.5% he's managed or rostered in uh, ESPN, 7% Yahoo. Yeah. So like Yahoo guys definitely was like, he has that potential and good for him. Cause I thought he was just going to get buried on the depth chart. I said it, I believe on last uh, week's episode where I'm, I was all in on fan Jefferson. Woo. That is not looking great, but I will say this. I am a huge believer in this guy. And you know why I'm one word, my favorite word when it comes to fantasy receivers, what is it? He got probably majority of the targets, So he is the volume factor. Okay. This is redemption for you. Over under 12 targets for Nakua. Over. Fuck. <laughs> now I don't know because he had 10 receptions in the game. So I was like, it's pretty clear he probably had more than 10 targets. That motherfucker had 15 targets. There you go. That's yeah. crazy. And I love this. And I, I'm sure, I am absolutely stealing this from ESPN. But their lead line with him when you do research on him is those are Cooper Cup numbers right there. Yeah. 15 Maybe targets. Yeah. And most of them were across the middle of the field as well. Like, I really think this dude is a replacement for Cooper Cup. And here's the deal is, you know, worst case scenario, kind of what we were talking with Brock Purdy. Okay, Cooper, come, uh, Cooper Cup comes back after, uh, you know, three weeks on the IR now that week one is done. Okay, worst case, Nakua is now the number two receiver over Van Jefferson because Van Jefferson apparently fucking sucks. But – Best case scenario is all of a sudden Cooper Cup starts playing a different type of role, so he's not getting beat up so much. And then uh, Nakua is their go-to guy. So either way, I think he is a risk worth taking. Will he be my number one waiver wire target? Probably not. But I think he is a name that is so small and an offense that a lot of casual fans don't trust quite yet that there's a very good shot if you're a little later on in the waiver order and you need a receiver you actually have i think that's one of those ones you put in the hail mary claim for but you really could land that's the one where you wake up on wednesday morning and you're like really really i got him okay and i i think that is why you should absolutely go for him because i think his target share especially over the next three weeks is going to remain that consistent and he is going to keep killing it for the rams I think tread with caution with Puka Nakua. So I brought him up before in the off season. That's like, it's a potential is there. I'm just not sure whether he's going to realize it early in the season. Well, clearly I was wrong. Cause he just totally broke yeah. out in week one against the Seattle Seahawks. But that's the big thing because who did you say the San Francisco 49ers are playing next week? The Rams. So I'm not saying that Puka Nakua is not going to be their leading receiver against San Francisco, but just the defense between Seattle and San Francisco, especially if San Francisco plays the way they did against Pittsburgh, Nakua is not going to replicate those numbers. But that's why I said tread with caution because I still like him long-term. I think he is there, like, depending on what happens to Cooper Cup, exactly like you said, if he's out for just a little bit of time, he's on the IR, if he takes him a little bit longer to come back, he's still going to be, you know, your main guy. But the supplemental piece, I think now they sort of figured that out with Puka Nakua, and then they got Tutu Atwell sort of being that deep option as well, because he had a great game against Seattle as well. Um, so yeah, you'll see the numbers next week. San Francisco, I think is going to be able to shut him down for the most part. I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up scoring a touchdown, maybe in garbage time, but long-term his aspirations, I do like him. as Garbage a time is where you live, baby. I live it's for true. garbage time. 
It's true. So that's why it's like you basically the number six, you'd be like, oh, why did I pick this guy up? He had an amazing week one. Week two, he totally sucked. Wait for that week two to pass. He'll get a lot better as the season goes along. Because just like you said, with Cooper Cup out, I think they're going to lean a lot more on this guy because he has a very similar make and play style to Cooper Cup. So it makes a ton of sense as to why Matthew Stafford started to look his way clearly 15 times during that game against Seattle. So yeah, just like I said, if you're listening to this episode and you decided to go for Puka Nakua and he has a bad game next week, just understand we warned you first, but keep him long term. Keep That's him right. long term. All right, for you, who is one player that you are not leaving next week without putting a claim into? Going so a into lot of next people, week, I should say, not leaving next week. <laughs> so a lot of people, they don't worry about the defense. They just pick up a defense off the waiver wire. They just sort of stream defenses every single week. So I'm going to go with the defensive pick here to help you anchor your defense when you need one, sort of depending on who you have there. So Ted, Thursday night, we saw the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions were able to pull off the upset. Why did were they able to pull off an upset? Partly, you can say no Travis, not no Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones, Kansas City Chiefs. Sort of, they weren't the same team. They weren't full squad, whatever it is. I think you need to lead more towards that. Even if the Chiefs were full squad, that Lions defense came to play. Like, I mean, we had the Brian Branch pick six. I know it went off of Darius Tony's fingers, but still, just the fact that throughout the game they were able to lock up a lot of these Kansas City receivers. They were getting good pressure on Mahomes too. They're getting him out of the pocket. They didn't get any sacks on him, but they're still getting good pressure to force him to make some sort of errant throws, some bad decisions, which led to overall, like for Patrick Mahomes standards, a bad game for Patrick Mahomes. So I mean, just Detroit is sort of coming in. They're high feisty. They really have high ass this year they're playing at home this coming week they're playing the seattle seahawks who had a bit of a dud against los angeles rams i'm not that high on seattle so it's like what we saw for geo smith that's what i expected to see from geo smith all season long so if he does that against detroit i can expect detroit to force maybe some sacks this time eight hutchinson i think can come home I think they can force some turnovers as well that guy so yeah insane. i really like the detroit lions defense this week against the seattle seahawks they're only rostered in 2.2% of ESPN leagues, Tad, and 6% of Yahoo League. So they are widely available. Go pick them up if you're streaming drift fences because I think they're going to have a good week here in week two. I, I'm all down for Restore the Roar, baby. Bring it on. <laughs> so is your dad, too. So is oh, your dad. He, he sure. was a very happy man last Thursday. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So – like I sort of talked about before, we didn't get to all of our waiver wire picks. There's also a handful of injuries that we didn't get to as well, but we got you covered because we're doing articles as well as episodes. So make sure you're tuning into the LEFB Network website. I've got we'll I've got a-, a sneaky good tight end for you guys that is going to be good for the throughout the season. It's true, but, you, it's but true. you only know who it is if you read our article. Exactly. So yeah, make sure you're tuning into the LEFB Network website. We have all of our waiver wire picks as well as some of those extra injury news to be worried about potentially as the season progresses here. Um, but yeah, make sure wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you subscribe. So make sure you subscribe whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen right on the LEFB Network website as well. Hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with our podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, we appreciate you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel as well so you're always up to date with our videos and of course make sure you're supporting our parent network at lafb network they got you covered with a lot of great content when it comes to the rams and the chargers uh but fortunately 
The Rams were able to come away with a win, but the Chargers lost a nail-biter at the end to the Miami Dolphins, and they got you covered with a lot of post-game analysis, how they feel about what's going to be happening in Week 2 for their respective teams. And, of course, they got you covered on the college football level as well with the UCLA Bruins and the USC Trojans. So, I mean, yeah, make sure you're tuning in for all their great content when it comes to those four respective teams. And, guys, we say this every single podcast episode. Even though we're following you to routine, nothing changes for the fact that we are here to help you win your fantasy league. So make sure people, you see the ticker down below. Make sure you interact with us on social media. Whether you need, God, you <laughs> nailed that again. My God. <laughs> whether you need waiver wire help, whether you need start sit help, whether you need betting help as we get further along, maybe you need some trade advice, especially with the Aaron Rodgers news. Maybe you want to trade for a quarterback. Well, hey, Tad's a great, you know, trade negotiator. He could figure out a good trade for you or evaluate a trade you, that you're. If you think I'm not going to take advantage of the Sarah Rogers situation, you are mistaken, my friend. Exactly. Please do. Cause I mean, that's sort of the advantage of these big quarterbacks going down is you could possibly take advantage of those owners, uh, managers, I should say specifically that have Aaron Rodgers on their roster. So guys, Please hit us up on our social media handles. You got me at Underside23. You got Tad at Tad Decide94. You got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And of course, on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. So, guys, we'll be dropping our graphics for starts and sits and our betting and DFS as well. So, make sure you interact with us on social media because that's the best way you can get all of that content as well. But, guys, to everybody who's listening, who's watching, who's reading the articles, who's interacting with us on social media, I mean, just anything and everything that you're doing to support our podcast. We really can't thank you enough. How about this? For those of you being like, when did Tad just, why did Tad just go? <laughs> and Amir, I think I'm breaking this news to you. Tyler Bass just hit like a 52 yard field goal that doinked into the field goal. We're going into overtime. Oh, he made the field goal. He okay. made it. Okay. So it doinked in. Got it. Okay. That's why. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm only up by two against the person who has Stefan Diggs on the roster. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. What is this? <laughs> we have a special guest. Oh, yeah, I, I can't like this. Okay, all right. There we go. I thought, another, I thought that was another Chauncey to Lee No, 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 no. Okay. Was, I, that was nothing planned, but we had our good friend Alfred for, Rose stop for, in. For those of you, yeah, <laughs> Alfred Rose stopped in. But anyway, so that was it. But how about this? Like Amara said, our socials are right below. Share your best fantasy bad beats. I would love to hear them. I need yeah. to share a misery because chances are I'm about to lose my game. And I was yeah. up by 22 points going into tonight. And all he had was Stefan Diggs. That's a bad beat. That's a Scott Van Pelt level bad beat. So it's you also like sh- all those people that like were ahead by like 40 or whatever. They all they had to do was go against the Dallas defense. And right. they absolutely yeah. No, exactly. And it's like, so yeah, that's just, you know, damn it. We've talked about this before on the podcast, Dad. Fantasy football is a third how you draft, a third how you play the waiver wire and the trade deadline as well. Trade just making trades, and a third of it is unfortunately luck. So I, that I'm, just, I'm yeah. looking on the bright side. My chances of getting Joshua Kelly just went up significantly higher. So there sure. you go. So as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Apparently, Al Rowe is part of that. And please, as always, everyone, stay safe and keep tuning in because we got a lot more fantasy football and betting football headed your way. Thanks for watching everybody and listening.